Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Thank you for listening to, listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. to another astounding episode of the Scoreboard Act Podcast. I'm Nick, and with me as always is Anthony the Rook, TJ, who's hammered, and our intern stack guy, Sal, who's got some big news that we'll let him plug later today, if he wants. I'll let him, I'll let him get that yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, but uh, Sal's got some big news. I'm excited for him. We're all excited for him. Yes, yeah, Sal. We're proud of you. So, Thank you, know, you guys. Thank get you. Get it out of the way right now, Sal. Give us your big news. I'm I'm yeah, too excited. About it. I, I'm Dude, so yeah. excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm scared because I don't want to lose an intern. No, no. Uh, yeah, I have some big news. Um, the other day, I got a job with Wrestling Inc. They are a big uh, wrestling media company. Uh, I I will be doing live tweeting for them i'll be a social <laughs> media contributor for them as well i actually just got done doing some live coverage of aew dynamite um i also do live coverage of nxt on tuesdays 8 to 10 and i will be doing aew rampage this friday night at 10 o'clock on the wrestling inc account so follow nice. along guy, sal getting the job thank you thank you Get it done, kiddo. I would say we taught him everything he knows, but that man knows <laughs> wrestling a lot better than all of us. So. I have too. I have too much wrestling knowledge. I like the only thing we so. taught him is how not to piss off the other people. So, you know, he's gone through a lot with us, and he's learned his own skill of not going too far with us to to piss us off as we annoy him. <laughs> Sal, you can never. Go he's too built far up tolerance. Me. He's learned tolerance. Sal, some of us yeah. grew up in the nineties. You know. We're we're just mm-hmm. barely millennials. We have thick skin. You can say whatever you want to me, and I'm Irish, so <laughs> call me any name in the book. You're still upset because you're considered a millennial. That's horrible. That's such a millennial thing to do. Mm-hmm. Your face <laughs> is a millennial thing to do. I'm all right with being a millennial. Listen, no, millennial. Gen X used hey, to get we... crapped on all the time, and Gen X didn't want to be Gen X. We baby boomers didn't want to be baby we boomers. Have... We have to do another. Mil- Does millennials know? We'll have we'll we gotta do, do it. Another. We'll do it in like a couple weeks. I don't like being yeah. tested so much. No, I love it. I, I think we switch on and off every other week. I, I got it. a question though. What's the next generation called? If they're Gen Z, what's what's the next one? Gen one? They're called mistakes. <laughs> I don't think they're planning on us being around that long. But moving on. Good question. Somebody gotta look that up. Uh, our stack guy interns. It's while, while we still on our intern. Sal, look it up. What's what's the generation after millennials? It's Gen Z guy. No, I meant yeah. after Gen Z. Sorry. 
right, like, what's the next thing? Like, what's coming? Like, who do we make fun of next? Like, do you, Gen Pain. Z? Do we become what's coming? You can't call them girls Pain. or guys. You got to watch with that. Well, technically them. speaking, the current generation, yeah. like your your daughter and your son, are not Gen Z. No, no, they no. wouldn't be. So they're they're that generation. Yeah, okay, right? I got it. I got it. Generation yeah. Alpha. Ooh, wow. that sounds legit. Wow. I like that. It sounds like a dystopian. I challenge that. I would love to see an alpha male come out of any generation after ours. Wouldn't your son <laughs> be like a generation after ours? So you're raising your, a beta son is what you're saying. I'm not, but I want to see it. Until I make him an alpha, I haven't seen it yet, correct? Do you have to dub him or like you like the king where you have to like take a knee, son? Oh, Dude, God, you know what? When he's like 13 and slaps the shit out of me, I'll be like, I'm so proud. <laughs> I think Guerrero just another one. Yeah, three home runs for Vlad Guerrero. Perfect. Unbelievable. Are you kidding? <laughs> this is fun. All right. Anyway, moving on, talking about baseball. We were talking about that today is our episode 42, and it's also Jackie Robinson uh, Day this Friday. I don't want to spend too much time right. on this. We already went through our intro talking about the different generations, but uh, I know Nick doesn't like Jackie Robinson Day. I like Jackie Robinson Day, but I just feel like it's a very arbitrary person to have, to have picked. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have any hate on Jackie Robinson. I'm not saying what he did as a player is not significant. I'm just saying is there's no Larry Doby day, and he arguably played in a worse town than Jackie Robinson. And at the time, a worse league, and he made his debut like 95 days later. But if you asked anybody who was the second African-American to play baseball, they'd be like, eh, fuck that guy. Well, who was the second man to step on the moon? Uh, Buzz Aldrin. Who is who's third? That was a bad example. Like, I don't know. I don't care who the third guy is. I don't know who the number two was. Uh, that was a bad example. I get what you mean. I get what you're saying. But I still it just, it just seems Robinson. like it's, it's arbitrary. Had it been the other way around, we wouldn't even know who Jackie Robinson is. And we'd be talking about Larry Doby, who again played in the American League. And if you if you go back in time and look at like history and all, the American League was really bad. Those were the racist towns, like really, really non-integrated. Just like Boston is still racist, and they were that they were that town back then. Like, yeah, I get it. Uh, well, thank you, math, math guy. I am looking fresh. It must be the haircut. <laughs> it's coiffed. But yeah, uh, you know what? Nice I, I, I appreciate style for Matt as well. Thank you, Matt. I, I appreciate. Um, I can appreciate Jackie Robinson Day because he was the first to do it. But how far does the Agreed. first propel you to? I mean, at this point. Every like Nick says, everybody knows Jackie Robinson's name. As if we're going to pretend that every African American player in that generation didn't have to go through the same thing that Jackie Robinson had to that first iteration of integration into the league. And we're going to kind of just put them to the side because they weren't the first. I mean, they all had to endure really shitty hardships and, and deal with a lot of nonsense, you know, while chasing their dream and being allowed to, you know, what we know obviously now that they apparently didn't know back then is anybody can play the game of baseball. If you're good enough, it doesn't matter your color, race, anything like that, play the game. Um, I would, so I, would I agree. That, I it's, all, it's definitely arbitrary that it's Jackie that. Robinson. But I'd argue celebrating him does that, though. It does, it's I, actually, I'm, I'm all right it's with celebrating just, him. not just for Jackie Robinson. It's for everyone. It's just that he was the first to integrate the, city, like the, the league. So it's like if it wasn't for him to start it, we wouldn't have been here where we are or those other guys – Grand, yes, they went through hard times. No one, no one's doubting that. No one's saying right. that. But I think Jackie Robinson being the first, everything that he went through. I mean, uh, it's just we're celebrating him. It's 75th anniversary. It is Jackie Robinson Day, but granted, it's 75th anniversary of the league being integrated. 
and no longer being segregated. So that's, yeah, that's what I think I you should celebrate. But I think it's a shame that we only know Jackie Robinson and not countless other African-American players that broke a color barrier around the same time that, I mean, Jackie Robinson's numbers are good, but they're not phenomenal. They were better African-American players than Jackie Robinson back then. It's just that he's dubbed the first. So I feel like more often than not, the onus is on him and the celebrations about Jackie Robinson and not the fact that, you know, this momentous thing of finally getting your shit together and, and allowing people to have some decent human rights. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that. the only thing that really bothers me about the entire celebration is that everybody wears 42. It becomes very See, I like that part. I think I like that part too. Because I'm sitting there going, why is everybody wearing Mariano Rivera's number today? Well, that's because you're just ignorant. <laughs> no, I just I, I agree with Nick. And you. you watch the game and you're like, wait a second, who just? It's bad enough we have shifts. Okay, now we're gonna put everybody wearing the same numbers, and the right fielder, the second baseman, and the shortstop are all standing next to each other. Who just caught that ball? I don't fucking know. See, I know what it looks thing, like. Yeah. If you know what it looks like, you don't have to worry me, about it. Me and Nick have had this conversation a, a lot um, over the years, and I tend to agree with Nick big time that. Somebody like how, how come nobody wears Roberto Clemente's number throughout the league? Because I would argue that he's done more for the game of baseball, not just because of you know his nationality, but done more for the game of baseball. And I mean, it, it is three thousand hits charity too, dude. The charities absolutely, but just yeah. his career as well. I mean, he he's somebody that we could all celebrate, and it doesn't. I mean. Aside from what nationality and race you are, I mean, he's the example of how to be a professional athlete, and we don't yeah, we I mean, don't give him the same respect as that. I, that's again, that's what I mean. The over celebration of the man Jackie Robinson versus what he stood for, you know, the everybody wearing forty two, eh, a little crazy. Everybody wearing forty two. I, I, like, I think yeah, everybody wearing forty two patch. Right. I just don't like everybody wearing that number. Like yeah. it just looks kind of stupid. Yeah, I agree with Roberto Clemente. It'd be cool if everyone wants to wear 21, especially Puerto Rican players. I know me and Nick as Puerto Ricans, we, uh, you know, we respect Roberto Clemente and everything like that. So, well, I, mean, I know this would be awesome. There's a large contingent of people that are trying to get Roberto Clemente's number retired throughout baseball. And Jackie yeah, Robinson's cool. family came out and said that it would take away from the, his achievements if they retired another another player's number. And know, that's what I mean. What's his achievement? In my head, I'm like, how's being the if, first? If anybody could take away your achievement, was it that significant? Because if it's so significant, no one could ever take away the brightness of that achievement. It would be like saying that Babe Ruth's number got retired when Lou Gehrig, or rather, Lou Gehrig's number got retired. When they retired Babe Ruth's number, because Gehrig got retired first, when they retired Babe Ruth's number, it took away from Lou Gehrig. The the question I would have is if Jackie Robinson played two years in the league and washed out, we'd still celebrate him. That's a fact. We'd still have Jackie Robinson Day. Whereas somebody like Roberto Clemente around baseball and how respected he is, not only as a player, but outside of baseball. And he did something just as great with, you know, for, for the Hispanic community, but yet just in general, because let's be real. Like I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, I don't know people in Nicaragua and Roberto Clemente died trying to give people in Nicaragua relief. Like, he has no attachment to Nicaragua. He didn't know anybody right. in Nicaragua. The only thing they have in common is they speak English. That would be like us going and dying trying to save England because we speak English. Like, I'm sorry. I said Nicaraguans speak English. They speak Spanish. That, that was the only commonality they That's had. It's a hard they, language. They spoke, <laughs> they spoke <laughs> the same language. So it would be like me dying trying to save Canadians. Like, I don't give a fuck what happens in Canada. Couldn't care less. <laughs> Roberto Clemente is a better human Why being than a man. 
I don't want to get too lost in this conversation because we we got to move on. Uh, we got a lot to talk you about. You move so. on. That's Since we're talking <laughs> about baseball, I'm trying to we're take away from about baseball, baseball. stand for it. Let's talk about the New York Yankees returning. Um, yeah. and, you know, they started off pretty hot, then they lost a couple in a row. I know, why are you bored already? We're talking about the Yankees. I mean, it's just why am I bored? Because the other night they got four. They hit four times, and Gallo got two of those hits. Embarrassing. Oh, and they hit eleven hits, and now they scored with three runs. Oh, that, that frustrated me too. so bad. Dude, it, it's, they left an it's, army on base. How did they start yeah. really hot if this is the fifth game of the season? Well, they started oh, all right. They didn't start two wins against hard. Boston is hot. Yeah, two straight wins. That was hot. And that was it. Well, because how often do we see this Yankee fans lately? Okay. They, don't get really, they don't get on a roll. They don't get streaks going. They won yesterday. They're already losing today. Vlad Guerrero has three home runs against, uh, you know, two on Cole. He's scary. He's third one. He's a great he, player. I mean, it's it's going to be tough in the AL East. It really is. Um, yeah, but it's going to be a dog fight. It is. Especially when your $330 million ace is shit in the bed. Yeah, that's the problem, too, which I want mm-hmm. to talk about is Cole having his excuses already lined up. I mean, he had three different excuses for why he played bad on, on what was it, Saturday he pitched, I believe? Or no, uh, sorry, um, opening day, Friday. Yep. So he said one of his Billy Crystal delayed him four minutes because the that was ridiculous. That was then he complained about then he complained that he couldn't hear the uh, the sound he's uh, the sound of the um, the new thing they have in the catcher's arm when it comes to the speaker. He said right. the, New- the Yankee gone. Stadium sound was distracting him and he wasn't able to hear the thing. So yeah. I mean, to me, it's it's just every time Garrett Cole has a bad outing is just here come all the excuses and everything. You know, it's annoying. It's not. It's not just Cole. I read I read David Cohn's book. I love David Cohn. No offense, David Cohn, but David Cohn's book is basically a story about how he was the greatest pitcher in the history of baseball. <laughs> Except every time he pitched, it was too hot, or it was too cold, or it was too humid, or his left testicle itched, <laughs> or he had like a sore pinky toe, or something. Except for when he threw his perfect game. Pitchers are prima donnas, end of story. Every pitcher in the world has an excuse for why they're not the way they should be. It's just that Garrett Cole was the only one that actually said something while he was pitching. And he's not the only one because we just mentioned him before we started. uh, What's his face from the Royals? uh, Granky. Granky. He does the same shit. You know, know, it's – pitchers are like that. Pitchers are like – like TJ said, they're prima donnas. They have excuses for why they can't perform – regularly sure and just kind of like that too sure sure is like that you know uh and then there's guys like the grom that they also thing. they have the same excuses they just don't say anything they're just like but in their head they're like man if that mound wasn't so fucking stiff i'd have thrown a perfect game today if that catcher's nail polish was a little shinier i'd have had a perfect game today it have been 27 up 27 down with 27 strikeouts <laughs> That, I mean, it's true. Like pitchers always have an excuse for why they can't play well. Garrett Cole's just the only schmuck that said it out loud. And they also have, but Anthony Rizzo, what was it? today? Was his third home run today so far this season? Young season. It's a sixth game. I think he hit three or four home runs already. So I mean, he's coming. He's coming hot. I think he's going to play well with Yankee Stadium, that short porch, you know, right field, right there. I mean, even last year we saw him. He was putting all those balls just foul. I think about how many home runs he probably would have hit last year if he was hitting those straighter. Um, I think he probably adjusted. And I think maybe it was going to have a good season, a good breakout season for him. I mean, they just signed him. It'd be, I think it's a positive. For, I mean, so far for this team, at least every one of those guys who I can't stand is Joey Gallo. I hated that we traded yeah. for him last year. I still continue to hate him. Uh, the opening day, they had seven Ks between Giancarlo Stanton and Joey Gallo. And it's like, this is why they're leaving so many men on base. That's why they have 11 hits 
had three runs in one game. It's just there's no clutch it's, hitting. There's no one. It's the analytics, man. It's the analytics. Analytics says Joey Gallo is a good hitter. All right. Because he hits 35 home runs, drives in 70, which I've never, like as a kid, I didn't never saw a guy hit 35 home runs and only drive in 70 runs. When I was a kid, if you bat, if you hit 30 home runs, you had 120 RBI. And you batted 300 still. Like it used to be if you hit 35, 40 home runs and you hit 250, that was kind of average. But people would still be like, man, I really wish he would hit for average, which average was 300. Now this guy bats as a lifetime career batting average of 206. And everybody's saying he's a good hitter. I, I don't understand it. The analytics nerds have ruined baseball. I hope the A's and the Rays go under. And, of course and ruined baseball. Yeah. How many times this, can you watch runners in scoring position with no outs and the Yankees just can't say, hey, cut down on the fucking swing and put the ball in play? There's only one guy that does it. Dude, it's, it's Rizzo. not hard That's to it. put the ball in play. Yeah, it's it's just Rizzo. not. It's not. Especially with and, no and outs. Put the that, ball in the air. It's a pop-out. You get a run. And they can't do it. The, the argument that, oh, the pitchers are throwing too hard, that's bullshit. So what you're telling me is that all of a sudden pitchers figured out how to throw 100 miles an hour? No, it's you're, you're swinging at things that aren't strikes. Once upon a time, they could th- you're telling me Roger Clemens couldn't throw 100? He chose not to. You know why? Because he didn't A, he didn't need to, and B, he probably couldn't control it like a lot of guys now. How often do you see Chapman rear back to go throw a strike, and it's a fastball, and he can't throw a fastball for a strike? Just cannot do it. Maybe if he threw 98 instead of 102, he could throw a strike all the time. But again, he's only got two pitches like a lot of these pitchers only have. They're only going to throw fastballs because that's all they can do is he can throw 100 miles an hour and not even with that much control. So analytics has gotten us here. I don't know how to fix it. I you think know what, I, uh, you know what analytic, analytics that I hate is the, the bad and average of balls in play. Like no. It only counts like, toward pitchers, though. No, no, it counts towards batters, too. Nobody's looking at Babbitt to fucking decide whether or not to give somebody a 10-year contract worth $330 million. No, they'll use it to categorize or make excuses for someone like Joey Gallup. Like, yeah, he's only hit 200, but he puts the ball in play. He's batting whatever. Like, they'll use it the ball in play. He puts the ball in play 200 yards in the the air, straight up. He's the, the, like, what is it, the the three, the true, what was it called, the three true outcomes? Like, that's, that's what he is. Yep. It's strikeout, walk, home run. Yeah, that's it. And it's frustrating. And that that guy's on our team for. I mean, hopefully, I think. Yeah, but what's what's contract? infuriating on Nick's point is that you will have Yankee fans sit there and watch us lose these games and leave runners in scoring position and say, "How can you shit on Joey Gallo?" I don't know. You watch the fucking game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that's how. I don't give a shit what your analytics st- statistics say. I'm watching the game. And when all we need is a little frigging seeing eye single somewhere over the second baseman or shortstop's head and you can't do it, especially when the guy's throwing 95 miles an hour. How many times do we see somebody accidentally get a little bloop single and catch it off the, the frigging toe of the bat, the end of the bat, and it just goes thunk? And gets I saw that win a World feet. Series, just saying. Dude, tw- 20 yeah. feet over the second baseman or shortstop's head. When that's all you need and these guys want to scream and, and kick and holler that it's worth going for the fences, I don't think so. Matt says Gallo doesn't deserve to wear thirteen. Why? Who wears he doesn't 13? deserve. He doesn't deserve Who to wear an hot dogs in the fucking stands. I'm joking. I'm joking. Jim Laritz. <laughs> Jim Laritz number. Or Jim Laritz did win a World Series. I mean, a couple. Jim, Jim Laritz killed somebody. All right, let's not. I, I know, I'm joking. He's Henry Ruggs for the Yankees. All right. He's horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I was going to say was I always hate the the early rest. Like it's six games into the season, and Stan's nah, already said yeah. Stan plays DH. I mean, do we really need to rest him? And then you rest him during a game where it's against a division rival who's probably going to be the top. 
You want to compete against them. Uh, whereas you could have rested him Friday against the O's. Like, who gives a shit? You know, like, and that's, that's just Aaron Boone, analytics, whatever. I don't know what the fuck. So, so my question is, 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 uh, is Aaron Hicks the center fielder or not? I don't know. Because I could have so. sworn he was playing left field yesterday. I think they put Judge in center, right? And they had Judge in yeah. center. Yeah, Judge is starting to play a little center. What is going on? Leave Judge in right. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you guys know we watched a lot yeah, of baseball when we were kids. Before Sal was born, baseball was good. We watched a lot of baseball. And Joe Torre trotted out the same lineup every day for like five mm-hmm. years. And I we wish. won a full World Series. Dude, I would, I, I would kill to get the baseball that was when we watched it, those grinded out games of, of actual baseball, having a little bit of baseball sense and trying to put the ball in play and grind out runs wow. the hard way, stealing bases, et cetera. That's what you oh, need to do. Analytics has got to run and it's stolen a, And they wonder why it's a boring game. It's boring as shit watching either home run, walk, or strikeout. That's boring. That's not fun baseball at I all. I agree with you. Well, speaking of not fun baseball, but people trying to make baseball fun, I have this clip from the Savannah Bananas. We, we talked about them uh, early, I think last year, or early when we first started the podcast, I talked about the Savannah Bananas. Uh, but let's just, I'm going to show this video, this clip here. Is his bat on fire? His bat's on fire, yeah. He's batting with, uh, on fire. How dangerous is that? It's pretty, it's pretty dangerous. Fuck. It's pretty crazy. Who agreed to that? He swings Who with thought it, of too. that. It took me a couple of minutes. I'm sitting there watching it. I'm going, what's so significant? Something's about cool? to happen. Yeah. And then I, I, like, focused on the bat. I go, is that on fire? It was on fire. He swung with it, too. I don't I had to cut it off at the end. But he I just want to point out that whatever substance they put on that bat to make it on fire, if he hits the ball and it gets on the ball, you now have a flying, flaming ball going <laughs> yeah. through the field. Or worse, he tips it. It hits the catcher in the face. Ooh. And the catcher's <laughs> blind now because he caught some flaming. It is it wrong that I was just waiting for a, a broken bat single that just sends a spear of fire at the pitcher's mound? <laughs> <laughs> like, not only did the pitcher get impaled, he was also set ablaze, and we didn't have a fire extinguisher ready because that's just ridiculous. We don't have one on the baseball field. <laughs> Oh my uh, god! I saw. I know that. I've seen that bat before. That bat started the Great Chipmunk Fire of '79. <laughs> it started a blaze, leveling the. It started a blaze that leveled the entire neighborhood west of Newton's Hardware Store. It was still pretty cool though. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
<laughs> All right. Well, moving on from the New York Yankees, let's talk about our other uh, New York team, the New York Rangers, clinching the playoff spot. And the big news, they lost or won tonight. One tonight, 4 nothing against the Flyers. Cabo Caco's back. He played yesterday. He scored two goals tonight. Um, we did a giveaway yesterday for uh, Caco Tuesday shirt. Congratulations to Kyle Dowd. He won the shirt. Uh, you'll be getting that very shortly. And shout out to Call Me Snags. Uh, he's been helping us out, getting our reach out there to Rangers Twitter. So if anyone's listening, you know, we're we're going to be busy during the playoffs. We're, we love you, Rangers people. Twitter. Yeah, we love you, Rangers Twitter. We're put on doing shows, you know, either be before, during, even after games. We'll we'll figure it out. But we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with Ranger playoffs. Hopefully we're in for a big run. Uh, but, you know, I know TJ, Nick, you guys are more the Rangers guys. So if you guys want to talk a little about that, they did lose yesterday against the Canes. They weren't able to catch them in the Metro. But, I mean, it was they started out solid. The first period was pretty good. And then they, uh, they kind of, once the pressure ramped up from the Canes, they kind of lost it. There. Well, that's the thing. It's funny because the Rangers are very good uh, against the boards. The Rangers win battles against the boards more often than not. Um, they need to work on their face-off win percentage. But when it comes to battling against the boards and grinding it out, they can get the puck out of there and move it around. The problem is the Canes literally shut down every passing lane in the offensive zone. And, and just like it, it was like a stonewall that the Rangers just couldn't get the puck to the net. And, and at least when they did, they weren't quality chances. I mean, there was a couple good chances there we didn't capitalize on. But the Rangers do all the right things. It, it's just that I, I honestly think the the Hurricanes are just – they're too good, and I don't want to see them in the playoffs. It, it's like – it's kryptonite, dude. They're they're an excellent team. They, they check all the boxes. They do everything right. And, I mean, between them, uh, the Avalanche out in the West, and Florida, I would say um, – those are my biggest concerns going into the playoffs. Uh, the Rangers have the ability to win some of those games, but uh, I mean, on paper and what we saw, you know, on the ice, I, I think Carolina is the better team. And it's scary. up to zip right now against the uh, Kings. Um, I mean, I we won't have to worry about that until the cup. So if we make it to the cup, I mean, I, I notch that as a win either way, but um, especially it, with this young team. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got the young team. You're having Kreider uh, a, a year to remember. I mean, a historic year. The fourth player to ever break 50 goals in a season for the New York Rangers. Did it in his 11th season. I remember a year or two ago, everybody was bitching about his contract and is he going to be worth it? And now all of a sudden, everybody wants to kiss his ass. So obviously, yeah. they did the right thing with him, locking him up for the time that they have him. Um, he's an asset. I, I'm amazed that he's not wearing a C on his sweater. It would be well-deserved. It was well-deserved halfway through the year. But he's having a year and a half, and and it's just like it has that feeling where it's kind of got to be now. Everything is going right for them. You have Shesterkin just standing on his head playing like, you know, a madman. And it's one of those years where it's like you don't want to miss this opportunity. But when you come up against the, the, the Hurricanes and you come up like we played the Avalanche a couple times this year, it seems like we're one step behind those elite teams. And I don't want to say that the Rangers aren't an elite team because they definitely are. It's just like one foot back behind them. And, and it's scary because we, I, I thought we had a shot in that game. We were up one, nothing. And then it just all fell apart. Yeah. yeah I, um, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about when you say one step behind those elite teams. And it's not that we're not an elite team. It's that those three teams that are ahead of us right now, and John Carlos Stanton may have just tied up this ball game on a pinch hit 
Nope, oh, warning God. track power. Warning not track quite. power. Not, not far enough. But uh, Sorry, go ahead, Nick. Maya Culpa. Sorry. Um, those three teams are ahead of us, and they, they've been ahead of us all year long. And then head-to-head, we're not doing great against them. We're not doing terrible, but we're not killing it against them, uh, the, the Panthers and Hurricanes specifically. Um, we're beating everybody else. But they're beating yeah. us. So if, if you had to sit there and call it one, two, three, those guys are in, you know, one, two. Obviously, they are one, and we're two, maybe by ourselves because we yeah. are smacking around everybody else below us. Yeah. And then there's everybody else, you know, and and we're gonna have to break through that ceiling of of just. Listen, not- if it comes at the right time, it doesn't matter, and that's all we want. But it, you know, what's funny is, and I'm sitting there saying because the Rangers have gotten away from, you know putting Reeves out there a lot. The fourth line's not been playing as much time um, coming down the wire as, as, you know, they were in the beginning of the season, you know, through the the uh, all-star break. But I, I think we need to – I feel like the Rangers play a little better when there's some grit to it, when there's some anger, when there's some tenacity, some ferocity. It, it's I, – I don't know. I think play, – playoffs- I, think, I think you just like that. I love you it. Feel I absolutely love it. But I honestly think they play better when there's a little bit of – that extra, let me throw that extra hit. Let me let me put the body on somebody real hard and see if they don't get up. And I think they play better because I think they skate harder. I think they play with a little, like, fire in their belly. And, and I, that's the way you like to see it. So I think if we get around to the next round of the playoffs and we stack up against the Hurricanes, that I, I, I want to see the Rangers start the fourth line. Yeah, I like the um, – so the, one of the stats I saw was the Rangers against playoff teams of the East. They're like 14-6. and six. They have 700 winning percentage or something like that. I saw some stats, and that was actually one of the best in the East, even though obviously they're against the Canes and stuff like that. They're not as good. Um, another stat was pretty cool about the 50, 50 goals for a Kreider were that the – I think 25 of them were power play and 10 of them were shorthanded. Yeah. And they said something else too today on the broadcast that like that's the first time in NHL history that's ever been done, like the breakdown – of his goals were like pretty incredible. So I think I he mean, has the record for most power play goals for uh, in a season for the Rangers. Correct. Yeah, at least twenty five. Right I would I would assume so. Yeah, which is he's funny. Half of the fifty has been in the power play. But that's what I mean. He's he's dude. He does it all. And the Rangers. I mean, goaltending phenomenal. Top 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 three goaltender hands down, if not number one. I mean, you have. Kreider scoring the goals that he's scoring this year, that's something none of us saw. If they said Kreider's going to have 36, 37 goals this year, I, I would take that every day of the week. You told me at the beginning of the season Kreider's going to score 36. be like, holy shit, he's going to have a phenomenal year. Yeah. There's a lot of Rangers having career years this year. Dude, it's overshadowed. That's the thing. The, Zabanajad and, and Panarin. Yeah. I mean, their point totals are phenomenal, but it's overshadowed by Kreider. And it, it just goes to show you that – you, you, the team is stacked, and what they have is is tremendous. It's just kind like of sustainable I said, too. It, it just right. It just doesn't seem like it's not enough. You, it just can't get past that threshold of teams like the Avalanche and, and the Hurricanes. You know what yeah, though? Uh, we'll see what 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 happens right now. You got to keep keep in mind that we are missing Sammy Blay still, and he, we're yeah. going to be missing him for the foreseeable the future. Season, yeah, uh, but we just got back Kako. We just mm-hmm. got back Rooney. They've got to get their legs under them. Kako scored two tonight. And I know a lot of people are down on Capo Kako, but he was a top pick for a reason. Yeah. Right? If I, he was number one pick overall for a reason. Excuse me. I believe he was number two pick overall. Number, for two, a number two is at the Jack Hughes, yeah. Yeah. He was number two overall for a reason. 
obviously not everybody wakes up the day after they're drafted and they're the they're Wayne Gretzky, you know. Right. Uh, There's few guys that do that. So some people it takes Kreider too. Jesus, Kreider too, got to the league and wasn't setting. Uh, granted, he wasn't a high draft pick like that, but he wasn't setting it on fire either when he first got here. And look, here we are now, eleven years later, and he's got uh, fifty goals, yeah. and he's yeah. third in, in in shorthanded, and I think he's number one in power play goals. Right. I mean, look at so, the I mean, Rangers' first pick last year. He's lightening up down in the minors. It's just oh yeah, big... he just set the record for uh yeah. for their league uh most points in the season. Yeah, he. I mean, but if, if you watch, enough. yeah, I, I was watching a couple of his highlights, and you could just see the pace of play is completely different. It's slower. You have more room, and it's it's a big adjustment going from the minors to the NHL. It's a huge adjustment. So it, it the the speed is. Just the fastest guy that you're facing out there in the minors, everybody skates that fast in the NHL. Yeah. Speaking of fast skaters, how much do you love uh, – what's his face? It's not Mott. It's not uh, – we just got him. Vitrano? We just got him. Huh? Vitrano? Uh, I think, no, Vitrano. How much Vitrano. do you love Vitrano? So fast. He, he was one of those guys where I was questionable because essentially we helped Florida get rid of some cap space so they can pick up Giroux. And I was like, uh, is this guy? But, I mean, he's come here, and he's played like he's been here all year. So, I, I, I love the kid. I think he's he's definitely he, – he, Drury gets the A-plus, you know, for this uh, end of the year pickups and stuff like that. And everybody was shitting on Drury. I think he did a phenomenal job. I think he did as best he could with the money we had and the cap space we had without yeah. laying it all out there, you know, and, and trying to put ourselves in a bind to get somebody like Drew a rental for the year. Um, I, I mean, I, there's nothing, I, this team has done everything it can to put them in, uh, in a position to win. It's just getting over that hump and, and beating these teams. And you know what? The playoffs yeah. are a different thing. When you talked about Kreider wearing a C on his chest, I think the only reason he hasn't gotten the C is because then they lose two, two assistants and, and maybe, uh, maybe Turk sits there and goes, yeah, you know, I give away, I give the C to a man that deserves it. But do I really need to put a C on his chest? You know, he gives him the, the the old Hans story. He took away the letter, not what's underneath it. No, Kreider's no, the understand. guy saying goodbye to everybody. At the end of every game, Kreider's the one standing there shaking everybody's hand. But do you really want to take away the A from somebody else? That re- There's a lot of leaders on this team. There are a lot of leaders on this team. Yeah, listen, and if, if you give him a tremendous tremendous No, I understand that, but at the same time, if anybody deserves it, and I think the guy deserves it, and he's I agree, he's earned the C. And I think if I think the two players that lose the A, I don't think they sit there and are pissed off about it. Honestly, again, I'm not not sitting here saying um, I'm not sitting here saying uh, you're wrong. He does deserve the C. I'm just trying to make it make sense. No, no, and and that I'm not saying your reasoning doesn't make sense. I just think that if they came out, and even if it was right before the players, uh, the playoffs rather, they popped that C on a sweater in the locker room before the play first first game of the playoffs. Velcro, this is your leader, right on there, Charlie Conway style. And actually, so sorry, I, I just think that it, it would it would amp up the team a little bit. And the two guys that lose the A in no way, shape, or form are they going to be upset about it? They're going to be all for it. I mean, Kreider is a teammate. Teammate, you know, he's a team player. He, yeah. He's the heart and soul of that team. I feel like, I feel like Turk. If he brought it up to certain people that had the A, if he put them all in a room, 
I, I have a feeling there will be a few guys that actually just took it off themselves. And they were like, here, mm-hmm. if it means he gets to see, take my A. So I was going to say before, you were talking about Tyler Mott. Uh, he's out indefinitely. Mm. So he was actually – he would have been a good pickup, but he's significant upper body injury, no timetable for a turn. So that's kind of a key loss. Uh, he was one of the acquisitions that Drury got uh, over, you know, during the trade deadline. But I also wanted to say it was about NHL playoffs is a different animal. I know, like, where we seem like they're one step behind the Canes. But listen, we have, we have you know, Shesterkin in the, in the net. He's a goal that get hot. He can play really well. You have a hot goalie going into playoffs. You can make a really deep run. The Rangers have a deep, deep team. I think right now, uh, you know, if they got Calco and Laugh on that, on that third line, and they start scoring, call the kids line, the kids line. Yeah, I mean, if they start getting going, I mean, look, look out for the Rangers. Three lines. The problem score. is, though, I mean, we've seen this through pretty much our entire lives. Uh, I mean, we've always been fortunate enough to have a stud goalie, and just look at how many times Henrik Lundqvist standing on his head wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? And I, get, that's, no, I, like, I, I just want to see that. We don't need that negativity. I know. It's not negativity. Right, ladies history. and gentlemen, I just want to point out, if you're listening, I have never, ever in my life gone to Madison Square Garden and <laughs> seen the New York Rangers lose a hockey game. If you want to win a Stanley Cup, I suggest you invest in me going to the Garden. And I just want to point out, I was there on Saturday. And what did I t- text you guys? Before I went to the game, I said, what did I tell you guys? Said the Rangers going to clinch. I said, "Guess how I know?" And you guys go, "You're going to the game." It's true. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, New no, York. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the New York Dolan. Send some tickets. Nice, yeah. Nice to be back in the playoffs to watch the Rangers. Playoff hockey is a lot of fun. It's good to have the Rangers there. Um, but we'll moving on from there. Um, we'll talk briefly. We're waiting for Andy to join us. He's going to be here in about five more minutes. Um, we're going to talk about, I know it's Sal's, uh, what he, he's excited about is the, is the Brooklyn Nets. I know TJ's right. going to fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> I just yawned, actually. Nick, yeah. So last night, Brooklyn Nets took on the um, Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. It was all Nets early on, and then the Cavs made a, a you know, came, come back towards the end there. Uh, but, you know, the Nets obviously won. They're now in the playoffs. So Sal, they're playing the Celtics in the first round. They're a seven seed. Uh, pointing against the what, the two seed Celtics. So what are we yeah. what are we thinking? How are you feeling going against Boston? I'm feeling pretty good. I feel I would feel better if Ben Simmons was there. I think you know that kind of completes our team. But you know I've heard different rumors. I've heard oh he's going to be ready for uh, round one of the playoffs. He's not. So I I don't know what his status is right now i have no idea i don't think anybody knows and if he doesn't get on this court at all during the playoffs this hardened trade is going to look brutal it already is looking brutal so i'm just hoping kevin and Kyrie can pull out a series win for us at this point did have the nets lost that trade sal oh yeah i think so I really, I really think so, because I agree, hundred percent. I mean, he hasn't played. He hasn't played a game. He hasn't no. even play, like he's just sit, he just sits on the bench. It's just like, okay, how long are you going to be hurt for? Like, how is your back that hurt that you can't come into a playoff game and play? I find that astounding that he was even able to be traded as a person that was injured because that would never happen well, in not, the other other sports. He was he wasn't injured when he came here. 
they he was just injured the day after. Like, you know, <laughs> they were. He got on a bus just, to come from Philly to New York and injured his back on the bus. No, because they were trying to ramp up his uh, playing, you know, before they put him in a game because he, he sat out the entire year with Philly. And then that's when the injury happened, uh-huh. when they were trying to get him ready to go. It sounds very so, convenient. They put him on yeah, one of those, it uh, does. those Chinatown buses from New York to Philly. It's like $5. <laughs> Stuff full of people. That's how he hurt his back. A lot of peeing uh, and pulling spring bottles on those buses. Yeah, so no stops. What's your, what's your prediction for uh, the Celtics series then? Celtics Nets. Sorry, I should include your Nets when I say that. Yeah. I think we pull it off. I think we surprise them. I think we. I think we definitely pull it off. I also I think wouldn't the thing be... is with them is that if they had had Kyrie and KD, they probably wouldn't have been in the plan. No, right? they had them the whole season. If they had Kyrie the whole season and then they had Ben Simmons the entire time after they traded him, they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have to deal with a plan. But unfortunately, they did. But they they got past it. So yeah. now we're off to Boston, and I think they'll do well. So uh, what, is, I think what is your so what's your prediction? Is it like four two game seven win? What do you what do you think? You think it's gonna be a tight series the whole way? I think it's gonna be a tight series the whole way. Yeah. I don't think I don't I don't see anybody taking advantage quickly. I heard the Milwaukee Bucks won the uh, won the finals yesterday. No, that was the Timberwolves. Oh, it was the Timberwolves. My bad. Yeah, Timber, yeah the Timberwolves. Kind of teams. Teams. Well, Milwaukee Bucks are Eastern team now. I'm sorry, is Milwaukee not in the Midwest, or am I crazy? No, you're not, but they're an Eastern team. That's what I'm saying. Now they are an Eastern team. I, I never said that they were an Eastern Conference or a Western Conference. I said they were a Midwestern. Oh, I thought, I'm sorry, I misheard you. I thought you said a Western team. No, 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 Midwestern. Oh, One Midwest. of those people that say, you. don't you know? My bad. My yeah. Bad. <laughs> Stop and my, go light. My <laughs> mistake, Nick. I misheard you. I, think just, I heard Western, and that's all I heard. I didn't hear the mid. mid yeah, Midwest. they the T-Wolves won. They came back against the Clippers. The Clippers now have to go into elimination against the elimination game tonight. Uh, uh, they play the winner of tonight's game. Um, mm-hmm. And then you also have the Cavs to play into elimination game as well. Anthony Rizzo on base again. No, but did you see what he did? Watch what he did. They shifted oh, on oh, him down go. the line. Yeah. Fair oh, ball. I love when, I love when they do that. Foul, uh, fair ball? It's a really ugly bunt, but hey, I'll take it. Work. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I'll cut off about uh, there, my thought. Uh, but yeah, so now – the T Wolves won, and they played. We are the champions during the. No, uh, <laughs> please, it's so ridiculous. They're, they're, they have to. They're still. They're a seven seed. They're not the champion yet. Yeah, um, that was ridiculous. But before we move on, because I just saw Andy logged on. Before we get to Andy and the WWE trivia, I just want to say about the New York Knicks. So the New York Knicks obviously were eliminated, uh, but they're they have a lot of pro- a promise. I think with the young players, Obi Toppin actually scored forty two in the season finale which is pretty impressive. I like Obi. He needs to start playing more. I think Julius Randle is going to be gone. That gives open the door mm-hmm. for Obi Toppin. R.J. Barrett, uh, you know, obviously, great season. Uh, quickly, he's definitely matured. All these guys are getting they're getting better. They're getting older. I feel like the promise there in the Knicks. I know people are probably laughing at me for me even being promising anything. For Our Knicks, friend Anthony Donahue is not laughing at you. No, he would agree too. I, I'm sure he would. And he's happy Tibbs is back. Yeah, I I agree. I think Tibbs is a good coach. He's good for these young kids, and I think he 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 plays them hard. I mean, that's that's what it is. You got to play hard. This is the NBA. You want to win a championship? Let's play hard, and that's what he does. Um, and then also just uh, one of the things this happened a couple weeks ago. 
that I liked was RJ Barrett and Obi Top. And RJ actually tweeted this out. It was a video of them two just sitting on the scorer's table watching like Madison Square Garden looking around before a game. And like he basically said, like, can't believe we're here on the on the tweet. And like I love that. When there's like guys who want to be in the garden, who want to be in the Knicks uniform, like that's promising for the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. To, to guys who want to be here. Because obviously all these free agents aren't coming here. We got to build the draft, eventually show them we could be, we could be a contender, and hopefully finally bring in that free agent that's that big superstar to finally put us over that top, make us do a playoff team. And Sal, don't you laugh at me? I no, I know. I have a hot take. I have a hot take on the Knicks. All right, go Russell, ahead. Russell Westbrook will be on the Knicks. That's wow. next season. I don't like that. I'm telling Does you. Does he return to MVP form? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's got to work on his jump shot. You're not getting that hot. We're going to turn it to Brick City. Um, all right, well, since we're, we're, we have Andy waiting, we're going to get him on in a second. I'm just going to run a quick ad. WWE Trivia is presented by Shocked Hydrate. Uh, use promo code SAPOD. Uh, for 10% off your next order. And that was Stop Energy. Now we're joined with Andy and Matt for our WWE trivia. Oh, Nick, I know you want to play the music. Give me one second. Let me get the... Are you ready? Damn it, Nick. And we are back with WWE Attitude Era Trivia. Uh, Andy, thank you for joining us tonight. How are we doing, boys? We're good. What's up, we're brother? Good. Uh, and Matt, thanks for joining us as well. Um, so, Andy, just a few things. I Hold on. I Before we get into Andy real quick, Matt, where'd that mic come from? <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> it looks familiar. It does. It went in. Um, so Andy, I totally forgot to tell you how, to, how this works. <laughs> I don't know if I did I tell you how this works. This usually happens. I didn't tell you how this works. Um, so basically we have five questions. First four or two points each. Uh, do you have pen and paper with you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, and then the fifth question you, uh, it's kind of like final jeopardy. How many points you have, you put them up for, um, you know, how many do you want to risk? If you get it right, you get you get those points, basically, whatever you risk. All right. All right. Do it. All right. So first question, there is a theme to it, but we're going to have to get through the first question first before we uh, uh, get the theme. So, so wait, wait am I writing down all my answers or just the last one? So we're going to um, – each time we ask the question, we're just going to just gonna show the screen your, your, uh, your picture. But then also say the answer because we also have audio because it's not just it. uh, video. <laughs> All right, so question number one is a clip question. So the first two are actually clip questions. They're the same clip, uh, but different questions. So here is the first clip, and then I will come back with my question. Yeah. His children are going to be kidnapped. His wife. I'm waiting in anticipation. She's going to be raped by a motorcycle gang. Oh my God! What is with Vince and raping people? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. That was an attitude era, okay? So, well, it doesn't matter. Was... I didn't say. I said some of it might not be attitude era, but there's a theme to this. 
So oh, I was who, writing down. The right. first question is, who is Vince talking about? Right. Who's he saying that's going to happen to? I didn't even see the clip. Oh, you didn't see it? Do you want me to try it again? Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll do it one more time. Yeah. His children are going to be kidnapped. His wife, she's going to be raped by a motorcycle gang. Right. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Are we writing down? Are we writing down who he's talking to? No. Who is he talking about? Whose family is he talking about? Whose children are being kidnapped? Who's wife is being raped by him. I was like, okay. I can't believe that that's on TV. Like, this is allowed to be on TV. Was on was, TV. Was on TV. And once everyone's ready, let me know. I can't believe Vince does this. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Everyone ready? I'm ready. It's wrong, though. It's yeah, I'm wrong, but... It's kind of a hint in there, but... All right, all your answers are written in. Nick? I said Benoit? Question mark? Jesus. Oh, that cool? Oh, wow. Low hanging <laughs> TJ. I said Shawn Michaels. That is wrong. Yeah, fuck you. Now. Uh, Undertaker? That is correct. I Matt? pulled that one out. I don't... Undertaker. Yeah, that is correct. Andy? I said Bret Hart. That is correct. <laughs> so the theme this week is for the WD Hall of Famer. The Undertaker. So a lot of these questions are going to be Undertaker themed. So if you know your Undertaker, hopefully you'll be uh, you'll do pretty well in my trivia today. Um, I just want to point definitely... out Undertaker's daughter is like six. I don't even think he had kids then. <laughs> I don't know. He just said that his daughter is going to get raped. She's six. No, he said he said the wife. The children what was would be kidnapped. Oh, and the wife would be. <laughs> Michelle McCool. She was working for the company. I think nah, it was three. <laughs> That was when he was going against Brock. Sarah yeah. was his wife still. Yeah, so who is Vince talking to in this clip? So Vince was talking to a person. Who was he actually directing this uh, monologue to? Because it was it – was, it goes a lot longer. I don't have the full thing. It was but... Paul Heyman, right? That's the question, Sal. <laughs> huh? can, you, uh, can, you, can you show the clip again? No, it was. That's the question: Is who is he talking to? That's not oh, true. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. His children are going to be kidnapped. His wife. She's going to be. I keep saying it. I just got to cut it off. I the children. <laughs> so I'm going to give you your answers because if you don't get it, <laughs> it's going to be bad. Whoops. Uh, Sal. <laughs> I thought it was just like a follow-up question. How did you get high for wrestling? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Andy, let's start with you. Maybe uh, you could have taken the hint. What does it say there? Hey, man, Paul yeah. Heyman. You would be our. You would be correct, Nick. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, Nick. I wrote Paul E. Dangerously. <laughs> Paul Heyman. <laughs> all right, TJ. Heyman. Sal, we know you got it right. Yeah. Matt. Paul Hammond. Yep. Way to ruin my question, Sal. <laughs> so, Rook, just so, so we don't have another British Bulldog fiasco, Paul Heyman is also known as Paul I E. Dangerously. I wasn't. I wasn't. You son of a bitch. I you need that clip. I need that clip back. of that. 
What me messing up the? Who was the first European champion? Uh, Davy Boy Smith. No, oh no, British Bulldog. British Bulldog. British Bulldog. Nope, you're all wrong. It was David huh. Boy Smith. That yeah, was, I need, hey, I need that clip. His daughter want, runs his Instagram. Clip, if you want to watch that clip, it's on our Instagram and it's on our TikTok. So if you go back, you could actually watch that clip. I need that because I want to share it and tag the um, the verified <laughs> account his daughter runs. And she's like, she liked a couple of, you know, posts that I made and stuff like that. So I want to share yeah, it so she can see it for you guys. Yeah, definitely share it. It's on TikTok and Instagram. And then you can also share the one where you said, say your, uh, say your vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about people's fucking. Send that to Hogan. Send it to Sheik. He who was out fall, throw the first stone. All right. <laughs> oh, anyway. I'll do it. Undertaker made his debut uh, on November 19th, 1990. What was his original name when he first debuted? <sighs> In the WWE? The WWE, well, the time was WWF, but yes. I'm confused with the question. Well, if you were sober, you wouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) Do you mean the... Undertaker made his debut on November 19th, 1990. What was his original name? I'm not clarifying anything further. The date is there. And that's it, Matt. Even I know the answer, Matt. Stop making it more difficult than it is. Yeah, come on. I think we lost Andy. <laughs> He's like Andy didn't like the question, so he left. <laughs> nope, sorry, I'm here. <laughs> he was getting into the theme of Undertaker by turning the lights out. Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> no, my, I'm on my phone. It's crapping out on me. <laughs> He's gonna come back with uh, the hat on and just roll. His You're just gonna up. hear like dong. <laughs> All right, dun. Uh, we'll start with Nick. I wrote Kane, The Undertaker. Give yourself a ding, 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 because that is correct. TJ. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> what was your guess? What was your guess? I put the dead man. I don't know. I fucking dead. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Sal. I put Mean Marcalis, but that was supposed to be a WCW name. Oh, That's wow. where my confusion came in. 1990, he was in WWF. Yeah, I gave true. the date for a reason. There's a reason why the, the dates were there. Matt, what did you put? I was dyslexic and wrote Undertaker Kane, <laughs> so that doesn't count. Or do I get half a point? They're uh, both there. I'll go to the judge. Intern Sal, you're our resident. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. You'll, you'll take that. it? Yeah. Half a point or? No, I get home a point. Full credit? Wow, Let's go. Full credit. Full credit. Andy. I had Commando Mark. I think I was one off. Wow. Well, actually, that sounds pretty cool. Commando Mark. I just want to point out Mark That's is the worst name right. you could have as a wrestler. It is. Yeah. Like Paul's pretty bad, too. I mean, but Paul's not an insult in wrestling communities. Like, I've seen Kevin Nash call people Mark on fucking Twitter enough to know that it's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, speaking of The Undertaker's personas and different names, another persona The Undertaker took over was the American Badass which debuted on May 21st, 2000, during which match? So uh, if you get what kind of match it was, or I'll give, I guess I'll give partial credit depending on what kind of match it was and who was participating in the match. So this is kind of like a three-part question, I guess, but it's only worth two points. Come on, Nick, even I know this. 
I just saw it the other day. I don't remember. I know. That's what you're up to. I actually read about this, and I actually want to go back and watch it. Because it's, I don't it's think really I'm... good. Here we go. Think about it. Andy seems like he's ready. We're gonna go to Andy first here. Once uh, once Nick's in, we'll uh, we'll go to you first. You seem like you already know this one. Oh fuck no! Very I'm, good. I'm, I'm <laughs> All right, Andy, what do you got? I put on a cell versus Triple H. No, Triple H was involved though. So you know what, Sal, give him a point. Give him a point, Sal. I get one. All right. All right. We'll give him one point. Oh, we're supposed H. to put who's involved? Yeah, you, yeah. So just uh, put Triple H, TJ. Don't worry about it. We'll give you a point, too. Uh, Matt. Uh, Iron Man match between The Rock and Triple H. That is correct. The uh, WWF Championship. That is 100% yes. correct. Matt gets two points. Sal, what did you have? Uh, the Rock versus Triple H Iron Man match for the WWF again. title with Shawn Michaels as the guest ref. Oh, yeah, he got he, – you went all the way that far. That he is did. He was the guest ref. I didn't put that as the answer, but that's correct. Uh, TJ – I'll, I'll take my zero. I uh, I put a I quit match. Is that, uh, yeah, I guess Iron Man's a little different. All right, Nick, what do you got? I I I thought it was a tag team match: Triple H and Angle versus Jericho and whoever else was in that angle at the time. No, that but it wasn't. Mean, it was it was at that pay per view, and he shut up the last five seconds with a terrible gimmick. <laughs> oh, you didn't like that. All right. So, Sal, what I'm are the still trying to figure out how he got there. Sal, what because the he, when he left, he was the minister of darkness, sacrificing people to the gods while quoting fucking Excalibur. Just want to point that out, that The Undertaker, everybody else may not have noticed, I did. When he's doing his whole, like, sacrificing Austin and sacrificing everybody else, he's saying, That's from fucking Excalibur, okay? That terrible, terrible movie. So, uh, yeah, obviously, so he got hurt, and then he took a long break, and then he just came back as the American badass, and there was literally no storyline about how he came being this dark minister person, and then all of a sudden... He went from magic to no magic. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. But Sal, and he, the the end, he brought back some have? magic. What does everyone have, Sal? Okay, I have six points, Nick has four, TJ has two, Andy has three, and Matt has eight in the lead. Matt, Whoa, how lead. come I didn't get one point for saying Triple H in the last one? Did you oh. say Triple H? Oh, yeah. All right. we'll give it to the Nick. Triple H. All right. All right, Nick has angle. five. Yeah, he did say. So what is it? Nick has five? Yes. Yeah. Some right. spec on my name. Everyone, put up your points. What do we got? Matt's going all in. He's not going to play it safe. Andy's going with three. He's going all in. Sal, you're going all in or you're playing it safe? Yes, all in. All TJ. in, Jay. Going one point. Yes. <laughs> TJ's going to win. TJ special. What are you going? Four. So you have one point. All right then. It could be tied. TJ Nick. special. Here's the final Jeopardy question. Undertaker's first match was against which opponent? Undertaker's first match, the one that he debuted in on November nineteenth, nineteen ninety. Who was his opponent? Oh. I feel like it was some jobber. That's how I'm thinking. Mm, gotta keep thinking. Someone's TV is feedback. I feel like I'm hearing the TV on. <laughs> it might be mine. I didn't think it was that loud. Sorry. Yeah. Is everyone? Uh, everyone got their answers in. 
So his first opponent in his debut match? Yeah, as November 19th, 1990, as, the, as Kane the Undertaker. Back when uh, Piper called him, look at that ham hock. <laughs> What's worse is I've seen like all like the Undertaker documentaries like in the last week, and I don't remember. <laughs> there's, uh, there, there's more than one. I saw all of them in the last week. All I was right, so, guys about it. so let's go with the answer. So let's go with the reigning, reigning champion. Everyone's in, right? Everyone's good? We could start answering. Yeah. All right. Reigning champion, Sal. I took a guess. I knew it was Survivor Series, but I put Ted DiBiase. That's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, what do you got? I just wrote it was a Survivor Series match. I didn't – it's – there's – Four guys. So I don't know who you're looking for. So, so that's that's incorrect. Um, Andy, what do you got? I got the other guy because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, what do you got? Some jobber. <laughs> no, that's incorrect. TJ, here's your chance. I win uh, Mr. Perfect. I, maybe it could be. It was Mario Mancini. No, no it's not. I'm <laughs> jobber, like I fucking said. Yeah. That's uh, that's not correct. That actually, Matt, we have a tiebreaker, so we have to go to the tiebreaker question. Because uh, we have who has one point? That's Nick and TJ have one point yep. each, right? Yes. Nick, you got it wrong. You risked four, so you have. One. I had five. I have one point. You have five. And so does and so does TJ. I was raising my hand, like I have one point. Oh, I thought you meant. I oh, know. I said you two. I thought you were saying you had five. Okay. No, no. I was raising Tie my hand. Question. I'm here. Tiebreaker tie question to answer Matt's question because Matt was wondering why I'm saying that's not the answer. What was the first televised debut of The Undertaker? And who did he partner with? <laughs> There's a big hint there. That's like, uh, I hate that you asked this question. This was actually really tricky. If you Is don't this just know between. This- is this just Nick and TJ now? It's just Nick and TJ, yeah, because they're the ones that are tied. Matt looks so perplexed. He's like, you're <laughs> – Matt thinks I'm wrong. I know. I can see his face. He's like, this guy can't uh... do WWE trivia anymore. <laughs> He's wrong. But I did research on this. The Undertaker's right, first match was at Survivor Series. That is incorrect. 1990. It's not incorrect. It is incorrect. You're incorrect. I, I, I want to see your facts. I do have my facts. I want to see them. Nick, TJ. Nick, what's your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said it was a raw Mr. Perfect. You're both, you're both wrong. No, I'm right. 100% correct. <laughs> TJ wins. So, I explain, so to explain this, the first match of The Undertaker, he debuted. It was a road show. It was recorded, but it didn't air until after the Survivor Series match. So his first televised event was Survivor Series, but his first match ever was not on TV, and he first debuted as Candy Undertaker versus Mario Mancini prior to Survivor Series, thus making that his debut, not Survivor Series, because Survivor Series would be the first televised debut of the Undertaker. You're a dick. Matt, what do you have to say about that? I think not- Sal needs to bring this up. What you have to say about that. Okay. <laughs> Lawyered. So you know what that means? I'm the fucking champ. <laughs> yeah, you wish. 
<laughs> I, 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 honestly, I would be glad to share co-champion status with the man to my left. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. that. We'll go first time ever co-champions, Nick and TJ. I when don't I have any play pays off again. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing safe play for the win. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just want to point out it was a missed opportunity. I should have had tag belts. And gave him one, knowing we were going to do this. And then I could have been like, yeah, I'll share it with this guy. And then both of us could have been like, tag champs. That would have been incredible. Just throwing that out there. But then people people would uh, think about like how we uh, kind of scripted this trivia, just like the WWE. Rigged. Want that. Which would have even been more genius. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, well, Andy, we appreciate it. Keeping the cave fade, baby. By the way, before everybody leaves, I just want to point out, if you didn't watch Young Rock, watch Young Rock. It's incredible. It's very good. Yeah, we'll do. Andy, before you leave, though, tell us where we could find you, your podcast, and uh, all that good stuff. Yes, you can find me, the same podcast, on Belly Up TV, um, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen. Uh, YouTube, I don't really use it. I don't really understand it, so go there if you want. If you don't, I don't really give a fuck. Um, But... (laughs) We're out everywhere. I uh, was supposed to have a new episode today. We'll be dropping tomorrow. So if you do follow us, um, wait for it tomorrow. Uh, cover sports, society, uh, a lot of talk about cannabis and sports and business, fitness, kind of all over the map, pro athletes, CEOs, whoever. So if you like a lot of shit and not really any agenda, come listen. It's a fun time. You just, yeah, you just got a listener. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, he loves the cannabis. But so Andrew, great. he joined us for the Masters show. We talked about food, uh, you know, Masters dinner, uh, food at the turn, what what golfers would pick. It was great. So if you guys check that out, that's on our YouTube page and on our, uh, um, what do you call anywhere podcasts are available. We have that available as audio as well. So, Andy, we do appreciate you joining us today. We will uh, we will see you again hopefully soon. Yeah, thanks, Thank fellas. Have a good one. Take care. All right, Matt. We'll uh, we'll see you later, bud. All right, guys. See you later. Thanks again, Matt. See you later, Matt. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. And then there was four. Uh, Kind of go back to the rundown. I think it was a good movie. You know who it starred? The The Rock. The Rock. Um, The Rock. All right. I think we only have two topics left anyway. So let's go to the TikTok sensation. Does Gen Z know? And I'm actually pretty excited for this one. I think I have a good one here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first. I know TJ has a question too. But before we go to that, I, I don't have a question. I'm just excited to be a part of it. All right. So we're gonna do theme song, and then we're gonna have TJ's question. Oh, I'm never good on Nick. Come up with a question in between. Yeah, try uh-huh. to come. All right. So here you go, Sal. Yes. This theme song, and you know what? I don't even care. I'm letting this one run. I don't care about the copyright claim. <laughs> So this is a short little clip. I'm excited for the theme. I love that <laughs> theme. To the video. Bonus points if he knows who sings it. Yeah. The guy who sings it sounds familiar. Oh, does he? <clears throat> the no shows coming to mind. Give me some hints. It takes place in California. No, they re- they rebooted it into a movie recently. Star and the rock rock. TJ's giving you a clip. They rebooted it into a movie. Yeah, so and the rocks in it. 
Rocks and 100 movies. <laughs> yeah, but what movie is he in that's a reboot of a TV show? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like 21 Jump Street, right? It was a TV show. They rebooted into a movie. Right. And the TJ, movie's a comedy, looking, even though the source TJ, material is a drama. TJ's actually giving you a lot of hints if you were watching TJ. Give it to you again. <laughs> Give it to you again. <laughs> I don't know. They actually just made a TV show about one of the stars in the in the show recently. Oh, I that's right. It's on right now. Yeah. It's on Hulu. It's about a know. beach in California. Oh, 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 no, it can't be. Um not it could be. That? No, it's definitely not. It, the David the oh. David Hasselhoff show. Yeah. What's that called? What's that called? Sad. Um He's right sad. there. He's right there. Baywatch. Baywatch. Sal. That's the theme song. I do have a question. I do have a question. Okay. With regard to Baywatch, name three prominent actors that were on Baywatch. Well, David Hasselhoff's one. Okay. Pamela Anderson's another one. Um yeah, that's, only, yeah. that's the only two I can. That's the only two I got for you. Yes, I'll show you the third because it's. Uh, I never knew that was the theme song of it. Hold on. We'll Peter Cetera from Chicago Let's sings that song. Let's play it. Yasmin Bleeth. Oh, yeah. Can you put that back on for a minute? <laughs> Can you go back play one more time for us? That was awesome. Love- Don't hassle the Hoff. Have you guys seen Yasmin Bleeth lately? lately? It's kind of sad. Nah, it's not good. Not like, well, I mean, she got older. It happened, you know? Who, Pamela yeah, Anderson? Yeah, I mean, too. even Helen Mirren's still kind of hot. <laughs> she was an Excalibur. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Full retcon, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, TJ, what's your does Gen Z know? Okay, here we go. In the 90s, there was a cartoon about a boy who had his own laboratory hidden underneath his house. The name of the show was Dexter's Laboratory, starring Dexter and his somewhat dim-witted sister that used to be able to get into his laboratory and foil his plans accidentally. What was his sister's name? I knew you were going to ask that. Um, She was blonde. I know that, right? Yeah. she blonde? Most people that ruin the world are. She wore like a pink dress or something. Most blonde she women did. do. It's not Debbie. It's I, not Deborah McMichael. <laughs> it's not Deborah Morgan. What does it start with? I mean, we can't tell you that because it yeah. gives away the answer. It gives away the answer. Yeah. I watched this show so much as a kid too. I should know this. Um, it's the when second he was show. It's the second show with a, with a character named Dexter with an annoying sister. The other one is the TV show Dexter. Dexter Morgan and Deborah Morgan. His sister is so annoying in that show. One of my soldiers was like Mandark. <sighs> Mandark. <laughs> He's about to get promoted you know to sergeant. Voiced, too. You know who voiced Mandark? The, the nerd from Greece. Really? Oh, yeah. shit. 
I hear it now. Eugene? Yep. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> My soldier laughs like that, too. It's creepy. Was it Olivia? No. <laughs> Olivia? <sighs> well, Sal, one for two isn't too bad. No. Correct answer At least I know what Dexter is. DD. He didn't know Dexter because he was. Uh, what is it? DD. DD? Ooh, I would have never gotten that. Which is why you were like, what does it start with? And I was like, D. You'd have been like, ah, DD. Yeah. You wouldn't have been a Her real name should have been DD. Give it an X. Hit him. Yeah. One for two. Hey, one for two is pretty good. I'm pretty proud of the Baywatch one because I love it. You're doing better than Joey Gallo. You got a question, Nick? Oh, he actually put the three stars in the Baywatch. Oh, okay. Before we did the theme. Um, yeah, that was it. That was. Uh, Everybody forgets. Like, yes, and that was Gen's Gen Z now. Sometimes. Half of everything. Does Gen Z know? Well, you know what they say, knew, right? He knew half. Two out of three ain't bad. I heard that once before. That's does the 80s now. Rest in peace, Meatloaf. Oh, right. God, he died. Fuck. Yeah, I forgot about that. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll move it on. Bring Sal, it back to something positive, boys. We're gonna sing about a Sal for a little bit. We'll bring him back towards the end. All righty. So, thank you for sticking with us. Yeah, of course. All right, TJ. This is uh, dude. One of my favorite things doing PGA picks, and we're gonna recap a little bit of the Masters as well. So the Masters were this past weekend. Augusta National. No, Augusta National. Looking as go. beautiful as always. Oh, Bright yeah. green grass, white sand bunkers. Pimento cheese sandwiches and whatnot. The fake uh, azalea, the azalea drinks. The fake yes. bird noise being pumped in as Scotty Shuffler walks to the 18th green. Dude, I, I just learned this this year as a diehard PGA fan that you will not find a single squirrel yeah. on the golf course. And apparently they fucking hunt them sons of bitches to extinction. <laughs> yes. They have Bill Murray doing it. Yeah, Dude, I'm telling you right now, if I could retire right now and get a job as the squirrel hunter of Augusta National, I would take that up. I would take <laughs> up that mantle. No problem. I think it's really interesting. TJ keeps freezing. His face keeps freezing, but his voice keeps going. Yeah. One the time he caught a he caught a rabbit in his uh, garage during the show. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was funny. Cornered now that I think about bit. it, in retrospect, he probably could kill a whole bunch of squirrels. He, could, he definitely could kill a bunch of squirrels. And I, I released the wild. Michael Myers. Listen, I, I am not opposed. I already told Nick that his uh, pet turtle, Frank, would make an excellent soup. <laughs> touch my turtle, I'll break your face. Sick. I'm not going to touch yeah. him. I'm going to eat him. So, Scotty Sheffler won uh, the Masters. Scotty Sheffler, only- listen, he, he wasn't my pick to win. Dustin Johnson was my pick, who did pretty damn well. Uh, considering his driver kind of gave up on him. He stopped using the driver for most of the third round, which was horrible. I mean, completely took him out of the, the contention, but I guess he felt that strongly about not hitting it. I think he only hit it three times in the whole round. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I did say Scotty Scheffler was somebody I was also betting, something that I thought was going to be in the mix. So I made some money this week. I'm happy about that, boys. If uh, you, you stuck with us and took any of our bets and took our advice, you would have hit three out of the last five tournaments. So I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And Scotty Scheffler looked pretty awesome from Friday on. I mean, Thursday wasn't that Thursday was bad. He was just yeah. wasn't the leader. Uh, but then Friday, he took over a five-stroke lead after 36 holes. And if you caught my Masters recap on our TikTok, I had said that uh, out of the previous six guys to have five-stroke leads after 36 holes, four of them went on to win. 
And Scotty Scheffler's number seven makes it him number. I mean, it was the seventh person to do it, making him the fifth person to then win the Masters. And it was who, pretty who much was that guy to blow that lead? Was that Norman? Yeah, Greg Norman. Greg Norman. Yeah, Greg Norman is one of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, you know, the only imperfect time that he had uh, this weekend at Augusta was putting Close on eighteen. Down to 18. And Did then he four putted. He, I think he four putted yes. it. Yes, he four putted it. Yeah, yeah. Because he he went two over that hole, and he, he was at twelve under. He went up at ten under. So he. The best part about that is he asked his caddy, like, "How many strokes am I up?" Yeah, yeah. He could see him. We call that the Nick special, by the way. <laughs> well, Dude, good thing he was up by it. a lot because yeah, yeah, he ended up winning by three, but he was up by five at that point. So he could. He Dude, was again, once again, the same thing that happened when Tiger Woods won the Masters. That 12th hole will do you in every time if you hit yes. the water. It completely collapses and handicaps Cam your Smith. round. And Cam Smith goes right into the water. And it's just one of those things where that hole is just historically, it will make or break you. And all you mm-hmm. need to do is hit dry land to stay in contention on a Sunday at Augusta. And he found the water and just put himself in a hole. Couldn't get out of it. And he was playing. Dude, I, I was nervous. I was sitting there nervous. I know you had him bet. And, you know, yeah. not that I don't want to see you make some money, but I'm sitting there like, come on, Scotty, don't fuck this up, please. And I see Cam Smith go in the water. I was like, it's over. Locked up. Then yeah, what's just, that happen? It's it one of those things you over. cannot, you can't come back from. No. Because you know again, what? You put yourself in a position where on a Sunday pin pin placement in that right corner, you're playing it from the water. So usually guys go back a little bit. They end up playing a 50, 60-yard pitch shot down the fairway and you're trying to put it on for, you know, that's your third shot. And just to get it close in that situation, it's not easy. It, it's that, that portion of green is not an easy place to put, put a ball or, or get it to stay. And, and you're just, you're completely handicapped. You're lucky if you get out of there with, with a double bogey. And unfortunately yeah. I believe he went what triple bogey triple. on the hole. Yeah. Triple yeah. bogey on the hole. And, and dude, that, that'll kill you every time, especially when, when you're chasing, when you're in the hunt. And, and you're already fighting to get any strokes you can gain on the leader to pull a triple bogey. It, it's just over. Yeah, and and that gave Scotty the breathing room. Once again, Rory McIlroy, you know he he has a great Sunday again. He yeah. chips in, uh, I think, for birdie from the bunker on eighteen. Yeah, on eighteen. That, that was an that incredible was, shot. And then Morikawa did the same thing. Same oh yeah, Morikawa did the same exact thing. They both did it, dude. Glorious. I, I gotta say though that 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 uh that celebration by by Rory was a little lacking. I mean, uh, like kind of sideways twist club throw. And then instead of putting his arms up in the air, he went like that as if like he was shooting lightning out of his fingers at the crowd. I I didn't get that at all. Uh, I'm questioning, but listen, I mean, good for him. I couldn't do that. So celebrate however you want. You throw your shoe at somebody. I don't give a shit. And then the other imperfect moment for Scotty Shuffler was trying to put the jacket on. While Hideki Matsuyama in the Butler cabin. Uh, besides those two points, you know, Scotty Scheffler, you can't have a better weekend than that. You can't have a better start to a season than Scotty Scheffler is right now. He's Dude. world number one. He has there's now four wins, and he just won a major. Um, what was he world number one for all of like seven days before he won the Masters? Six days? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, world number Something one for like six that? days. I think he said it was the fastest. It was the fastest to be named world number one and then win a major. Dude, he he's the fastest to be world number one. I think he made it in forty five days. Mm-hmm. Forty five days from I think his first win or something like that. That's what they tally it to. I mean, Tiger Woods took almost a full year. Yeah. Um, 
I, I forget who was next. Uh, there's somebody between Tiger and Scotty Scheffler, but 45 days is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah, just I, the I way totally he came agree. in, he's been lights out. I love how these commentators break down his swing because he doesn't have that perfect, technically perfect swing. He doesn't have that swing that like, oh man, if you're watching, you know, you have one of the commentators saying that, oh, you know, if you can learn that swing, you can build off that and become a pro golfer. That's a pro swing. He he always, they, they always seem to be picking apart his swing. And I, I love seeing somebody like that, that just gets the ball there. It doesn't matter how you get the ball to the hole. If you get it there in, in you know, strokes under par who gives a shit yeah i agree and you know he's he's playing great right now um you know we'll see where he ends up the rest of the year you know what's crazy about it though he's not favored for the pga championship they're still getting it to rom rom's right. the favorite right now to win the next ma- major which is kind of yep. crazy uh, when you think about Dude, how I, hot you know what it, it, it's funny because he's he hasn't played solid golf this season since he was world number one going into the season and then now losing the world number one, he hasn't played solid golf to see him as the favorite. And, and me and my cousin were just talking about it. Shout out to Brian. I, I, I don't see myself betting John Rahm until he can show that he can win again or at least be in top three because yeah, he, he's, been he's been way extension. off. He's off the mark, dude. A hundred percent. He's off the mark. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, but we'll, we'll move on here because we're, we're running a little short on time. Yep. We'll go, I guess we'll go quick here with our picks. So our picks are presented by pinsandaces.com, our new uh, partnership. Uh, we're now brand ambassadors for pinsandaces.com. So go to pinsandaces.com, uh, promo code uh, SCOREPOD, and you'll get 50% off your entire order. Um, the cool thing, I think they just, they just did the Augusta stuff. So you may have just yeah, missed that. Yeah, it's pretty much all but sold out, guys. If yeah, you want to get some Augusta out. stuff, it, yeah. And I think they just pulled it off. Um, off the website, but they did just a lot of nice and cool stuff there. Yeah. They just released their spring collection. I actually got a, I have stuff on the way. I got a ball marker, uncle Sam ball marker. And one of the funny ones they had is the, uh, the happy Gilmore cracker as a ball marker, which is pretty funny. And they have really cool shirts. And one of the cool things about their shirts is they have, uh, their polo in the, underneath the buttons, they have like their brand symbol, the pins and aces, like the the, the spade. But then in between that, you actually could put your sunglasses into it. As opposed to sticking into your buttons, which is pretty cool. Uh, cool little yeah, dude. Their, their polos are pretty solid. I, I, their head covers are tremendous. I mean, I've never seen a wider range of head covers in my life. Yeah, and they're all. I they're mean, topical great. pop culture stuff. It, it's it's. If you haven't checked them out, check out Pins and Aces. You know, you use our uh, promo code uh, ScorePod, but they have quality stuff. I mean, they go with the times. It's not your typical barrel head cover. You know, nah. nonsense, random pattern. I mean, it's pretty cool stuff. So please go check them out. Yep. And then what just brings us to our picks. So today, well, let me say this week, PGA goes to RBC Heritage and Harbor Town Golf Links in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It's a loaded field. Cam Smith, Colin Marikawa, Justin Thomas, who all just finished top 10 in Augusta. We have Stuart Sink, who's defending champion, and Webb Simpson, who's a 2020 champion, both also in the field. Um, so I'll go quickly with my pick. So Fitzpatrick actually ended up in the just ended up missing the top ten last week. Augusta, that was my pick. Was Fitzpatrick in top ten? He did hit the top twenty. So this week I'm going to take him as a top twenty. I think he's he's one of these guys that I'm riding. He's playing really well this season. I think we're just waiting for him to crack that top ten and to uh, you know get even crack a win finally here. But I'm going to go to him top twenty, which is a plus one ten. He's also twenty to twenty to one to win. So plus two thousand if you want to take a shot at that. 
And the reason why I'm going with him, and he likes playing at this course. I'm sorry, in this in this event, uh, top four in the last uh, last year, a top 14 in 2018 and in 2020. So he likes playing this event definitely. Um, my next pick is going to be Corey Connors plus 2600 to win. He played pretty well last week at Augusta. He was a top six finish, um, and also I'm going to play him top 20 plus 125. Last year I had, uh, I mean, sorry, last week I did a lot of guys top top 10. And I had just missed them. So like this week I'll be a little cautious and go with top 20 picks as opposed to the top tens. Um, but and then I'm gonna go with Cam Smith again, plus fourteen hundred to win. Uh and this I know I just said that. I'm actually gonna go with Cam Smith top five, because that's where a good payout is, is plus two fifty, top five finish. He finished nineteen last year, and he's been uh, you know, this year he's been pretty solid. He's now up to fifth in world rankings. Uh and then now I'm gonna go with what I call as my as Rook's juicy pick, which is if you wanted to Bet on the defending champion Stewart Sink. He's plus eight thousand for defending champion at this at this event. So I think it's worth the flyer on that. I'm not saying definitely do it, but if you're looking to make some sort of money or have a chance, just throw him in something at and see if it sticks. He's plus eight thousand. If you want to go for top twenty, be able to play a little safe on him. Uh, he's plus four fifty. Again, he hasn't played well this year, but for a guy who's won here before, won this event, I think maybe it could be a time for him to step up. So we'll see. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you know, Stuart Sink, that'd be my pick if you're going to look at someone who could play here, someone who's defending champion, and has a good amount of juice on their picks, on them just on their odds. All I can say is, you son of a bitch, because... I take all your picks? (laughs) I did take Corey Connors as my winner, but I also bet Justin Thomas as the winner. Um I think Justin Thomas has a good shot. He had a good showing. I think he's starting to come back around. Um, but I, I mean, Corey Connors is the play because uh, plus twenty six hundred. Justin Thomas is one of the favorites plus thirteen hundred. Those yeah, are my two picks to win. And then I played around a little bit, and I I, I really like the odds, um, especially on Fanduel for leader after the first round. So I took Cameron Smith leader after the first round plus twenty nine hundred. I took Joaquin Neiman same thing. And he's plus four thousand, and I took Justin Thomas same thing plus twenty nine hundred. So spread my money around a little bit just to to get a you know little piece of the action. But I mean, I'm betting ten dollar units on this ju- just to goof around, and uh, yeah. ten dollars on Justin Thomas plus twenty nine hundred will net you two hundred ninety bucks. You know, four hundred and ten bucks on Joaquin even plus four thousand. Um, that's with the ten dollars back after the bet. So four hundred bucks, and same thing, Cameron Smith. Uh, I put fifteen dollars on Cam Smith to come out hot. Fifteen bucks, uh, twenty plus twenty nine hundred, net you four thirty five. I mean, th- those are if, if you can get a, one of those shots right out the gate. It, it's one of those things where you can take one of the favorites and still make a good chunk of change. Will it happen? Yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I felt like this week I wanted to switch it up a little bit instead of going top fives, top tens. I picked my two winners, and I got Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, and. Justin Thomas as your leader after round one, just to make a little bit of coin. Yeah, you're playing with a little money as opposed to me, so that's why I'm playing a little safe in my top twenty picks. Uh, <laughs> but once again, so that was our PJ picks. Uh, you know, presented by our new uh, brand and well, we're new brand ambassadors to them. Pinsandaces.com promo code scorepod fifty percent off your entire order, uh, and then we're gonna have more content. Uh, you know, promoting their stuff once we get it. So we're waiting for it to come in. And we'll we'll be doing that. They actually have a Puerto Rican flag polo. I just saw that. It looks sick. I saw that. 
it's it's pretty cool. And they also have I know that anyone's from Texas here, but Nick Nick was Nick was told that he was from Texas when he was in Nashville. But they have Texas head color covers. You know, it's because I'm brown. They thought I was Mexican. No, no, they didn't. You had a cowboy hat on. You had cowboy boots on. They thought you were a cowboy. And I was brown. And they were like, brown, cowboy hat, Mexican. (laughs) All right. Well, we're running short of time, but we do have a caller. I just want to set a little background on this call first. Um, We have two callers, actually. So we're going to do this quick. But So on our master show, someone called in who was Eric Nightingale. And he had asked us for advice on betting the Grammys because we'd said we were betting. And I think he confused us that we were doing, we were only doing sports gambling. But basically, what happened was he had asked us about the Grammy stuff. Otherwise, he was going to get his legs broken. Um, and then we had a guy calling last week from Ron Mexico who was asking about the difference between uh, who we like better, Bubba Watson shot or the Tiger Woods chip in. We answered that one. And this one references both of them, which is really funny. Uh, but let's see uh, if we hear it. Hey, the Frankie Sunshine. See that son of a bitch ever turn around? You tell him he. Uh, all right, let's do one more time. Hey, the Frankie Sunshine. See that son of a bitch Eric Nightingale around? You tell him he's dead. Also, I like Ron Mexico's question. Have a good night. So, I guess that's Eric Nightingale's bookie. <laughs> then he's, but he's such a fan of the show that he liked Ron Mexico's question. So. We see Eric Nightingale. Eric Nightingale, right. I hope I hope you're doing okay. Hope those legs aren't broken. Hope you paid off Frankie Sunshine. Guys, Otherwise, listen, bet with, bet, bet with FanDuel or DraftKings or Bet365 or one of these companies because you, take you don't want your legs broken. Yeah, you don't want you don't want Frankie Sunshine coming after you. <laughs> breaking your legs. But I think we have one more. TJ, do you have your phone up or no? Uh, I do not. You can play it. But um, so I, I heard that. Uh, I heard the caller. And then you really couldn't hear the ad. I went and found the ad. So when it gets to the ad part, shut it off because I found it. the ad online. Okay. Hi, my name's Walter, and this question is for Nick. Nick, you seem like the type of man's man that would like to go to a dude ranch, enjoy nature, all of God's great gifts, ride horses, wear your cowboy boots, nice Stetson hat, and, uh, I'd just like to invite you out to my ranch. It's called Ram Ranch. Um, I, have, I may have a little promotional radio ad. I'm going to play it for you. And you can let me know. Reach out to Walter if you'd like to come out free of charge, of course. All right. So what's the ad? So I, I, I found Ram Ranch online, and this is the promo. in the showers at Ram Ranch. Big herd throbbing cocks wanted to be sucked. 18 naked cowboys wanted to be fucked. Cowboys in the showers at Ram Ranch on their knees wanting to suck cowboy cocks. Ram Ranch. What the fuck is this? <laughs> where, did you, where did this come from? You can't from? air that on the network, you animal. <laughs> Uh, Apparently, Nick has got a full-fledged invite to Ram Ranch from Walter. Yeah. It sounded cool because I know Nick wants to do a dude ranch. TJ, uh, aren't you a season <laughs> ticket holder there? I'm a uh, founding member. We got 30 <laughs> seconds left. If we get in trouble for that, fuck it. <laughs> I'm one of 18 in that shower, Nick. Just letting you know. <laughs> All right, we got 30 seconds left. Nick, bring us on home. All right, well, thanks for spending this time with us and the ludicrousness that's going on here with the Scoreboard Addicts podcast. We appreciate you, and I, I'm going pointing down. Why am I pointing down? I'm pointing down to everyone to call in. Call in. 
Oh, I was telling everybody look for our boy Stack Guy Sal at WrestlingInc.com. Is that right? Yes, WrestlingInc.com. Look for our boy Stack Guy Sal. Support the guys here. We appreciate you for all being with us. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Ram Ranch. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 